Welcome to WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM on your dial. Next up, Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only queer radio hour. Hold on tight. Thank you so much for listening. This is Alternative Perspectives on WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM. And in case you do not know, Alternative Perspectives is actually Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. I am your host, Greg Bosson, recently over COVID uh, and in the middle of another COVID scare. Um, But thank you for listening. Yeah. And we'll start with that. Uh, I got COVID finally a couple weeks ago after doing everything I could to avoid it. It seems like everybody's going to get it eventually. And it wasn't too bad. Uh, And then I tested negative a week ago. Well, I guess 11 days now or nine days ago was a week from Sunday. Tested negative. Thursday, I went over to a friend a friend's house. Uh, and the next morning, my friend calls me and tells me that he had tested positive for COVID. Well, I'm thinking, well, it's only been a week since I sh- uh, shook it. I probably have high antibodies. No chance I could get it again. Called my doctor. Uh, my doctor tells me, oh, you can absolutely get Omicron again after a week. And as a matter of fact, we have a patient who already tested positive after getting over it two weeks ago. So yeah, you need to isolate. So I've been isolating. Uh, I can get out of it on Wednesday. It's really, really upsetting. I cannot wait for this COVID thing uh, to be over. And the numbers are down, by the way. Um, we uh, Our seven-day average as of uh, Sunday was seven-day average in the state of Georgia is 4,314 new cases a day, um, which is certainly down from 17,921 cases a day. Uh, uh, last month in January. So it seems like just just like in the other countries where Omicron has taken over, it leaves just as quickly as it's come. So we'll see what happens. But I just ordered some N95 masks because I don't want to get anybody else sick. Um, certainly somebody who can't, you know, shake the virus very easily. Uh, and I hope that you do too. So uh, having... Uh, done my normal babble about COVID. Let's move on. And I wanted to tell you about tonight's show. Now, I I mentioned this uh, a week ago that there was a story out of Athens, Georgia, where um, someone uh, at, I think, Oglethorpe High School in Athens had um, put a flag up uh, that said gay is okay. Apparently, it was some sort of a I'm not exactly sure that that kids were allowed to put flags up with whatever. This kid put a flag up that said gay was okay. Um, And uh, the school made him take it down um, saying or uh, made them take it down. I'm not sure uh, much about the child yet. We'll find out more. Um, Made them take it down, saying uh, likening the um, flag to a swastika uh, because I guess – 
maybe they viewed it as political or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, so Athens is up in arms. Um, and as a result of that, um, we have a gentleman from Athens Pride on the show tonight, uh, Cameron. And uh, so we will be talking to uh, Cameron um, uh, Harrelson is his name. Uh, and we'll be talking to Cameron uh, in a little bit uh, to find out the specifics of what's going on. Um, the incident itself, uh, the backlash that the school has gotten from parents and others, and how Athens Pride, uh, the nonprofit, um, is uh, trying to create a movement out of this. But anyway, before uh, we get into that, news of the queer. Uh-uh. I know that's right. Oh, no, she didn't say what? All right. And we'll start with uh, something sort of uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, anti-gay activist Charlie Kirk um, has apparently gotten all upset over what he is calling sexual anarchy that's happening at the Super Bowl. So he uh, tweeted this out last night um, in the middle of the Super Bowl. The NFL, he says, now the NFL is a league of sexual anarchy. This halftime show should not be allowed on television. Now, no idea what Kirk is talking about. Who uh, Kirk, by the way, this man um, has founded an anti- hate group called Turning Point USA in 2012, uh, and I'm not sure what it is uh, that uh, Mr. Kurt here is upset about. The most scandaling thing about it that I could see was Mary Blige's thighs, which were, uh, frankly, uh, they looked incredible in the custom-made boots and a matching bodysuit embellished with 10,000 crystals, but anyway... Uh, the first, this isn't the first time Kurt has talked about sexual anarchy, which, you know, something is there, I mean, let's be honest, sexual anarchy. That sounds pretty good to me. Okay. I just say it, but anyway, um, oh, I should tell you that, um, the opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. But anyway, Hey. I'm up for a little sexual anarchy. Can't, it's not fun if it's not a little bit anarchic. I don't know what that word would be. Anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, this is not the uh, first time that old Mr. Kirk uh, has gone crazy about sexual anarchy. Last year on his podcast, he has a podcast, he accused Democrats of being sex-crazed perverts saying they wanted to force Americans to live where there is no cultural identity, where you live in sexual anarchy, where private property is a thing of the past and the ruling class controls everything. Boy, he boy, he really nailed it, didn't he? What an idiot. Anyway, all right. Uh, RuPaul uh, is, uh, has been chosen to front a reboot of an old quiz show called Lingo. For CBS, the original show premiered in 1987 and was originally fronted by actually Ronald Reagan's son, Michael Reagan, of all things. Uh, uh, The Game Show Network also ran a rebooted show um, with Chuck uh, Woolery, but it looks like old RuPaul uh, is going to be hosting a game show. The original format was a cross between between, um, the word game, uh, a word game and bingo. 
And the resurrection may be linked to a surge in popularity of another online game called Wordle, which bears a slight resemblance. In both games, players have to guess the identity of a five-letter word. In Lingo, two teams play against one another and are given the first letter as a clue, unlike Wordle. So uh, it looks like RuPaul will serve as the host and the executive producer. Boy, I tell you what, he is kicking butt. And I will use this opportunity to tell you that I'm a gay person that's not up for drag. I've never been up for drag. I've never found it that interesting. When I was a young gay and I was gaggling around with all the gay bars, doing the gay thing, I never really hung out to watch the drag shows. I never really thought too much about it. Didn't think it was bad. Just wasn't that interested in it. So when RuPaul's Drag Race came out many years ago, I personally didn't really care and never watched it. But my partner has gotten me into it. And I will say that um, I've watched a couple of seasons now. I'm in the middle of the season, of course, uh, now. Don't have anything particular to say about the contestants. But what I do want to say is those of you that have never watched Drag Race, it's worth a watch. Um, And the thing that I want you to pay particular attention to is there's actually a lot of healing that takes place. A lot of these girls, uh, these queens, were shamed um, as uh, child, as children in school and with their families and um, made to feel bad about who they were. And there's a lot of healing energy that takes place with the girls, um, the queens, uh, throughout the show, the series. And uh, it really... more than just feeling uh help trying to heal uh those of us that were shamed as children for being queer um it really has a nice message for anybody out there uh that has poor self-esteem i I think it's really a powerful show for that reason and i think it's worth a watch particularly for uh uh youth uh anyway enough enough about that all right i just wanted to say that uh our old anderson cooper uh at age 54 has become a father again the journalist announced the birth of his second son sebastian luke Mulsani cooper uh on his uh show uh, a few days ago so uh good for him congratulations very cool uh and i'll never have children only because I'm still trying to raise myself, and so is my partner. So between the two of us, we have our hands full. So he's trying to raise himself, and I'm trying to raise myself. So anyway, all right. Uh, If you have been watching the Olympics, a gay skater, uh, uh, Guillaume Cesaron, and uh, the skater's partner, Gabriela Papadakis, has won Olympic gold. So congratulations to them. They're a French couple. Uh, and they won gold on the pairs uh, on pairs ice dancing. So uh, uh, each earned themselves a record-breaking score of 226.98 in the process. So uh, good for them. Just a shout out to a fellow gay who's done something that's kind of cool. Uh, wow, a gay ice skater. What a shock. <laughs> Cuba moving out of the country. Uh, I guess we were out of the country before we were in China. Uh, Cuba, uh, Cuba's first gay hotel reopens as human rights in the country deteriorate. 
As members of the press arrived for a government-organized tour of a luxury hotel on the Cuban on a Cuban beach, Calle Guillermo, uh, they were greeted by a dance troupe in fishnet tights and high heels. Above the entrance, the rainbow flag, the international symbol of gay pride, fluttered in the warm Caribbean pre- breeze. The Rainbow Hotel, just, that's the name of the hotel, by the way, the Rainbow Hotel, described as Cuba's first LGBTQ hotel, reopened in December, while guests enjoyed a five-star service by the pool or a walk along the pristine sands. Cuba has not always been so welcoming to the gay community. In the early part of communist leader Fidel Castro's rule, homosexual men and women were sent to work camps for supposed re-education. Of course, since those dark days, attitudes on the island have markedly improved. The Cuban government and MGM Mutha Hotels, the company behind the Rainbow Hotel, say it will exemplify the change in attitude. Wow, that's amazing. Cuba, by the way, really cool place. I volunteered there a few years ago on a two-week trip. It was actually quite cool. Uh, all right. <clears throat> now uh, to the Philippines. Uh, we have a party, party leader, uh, a, a, someone running for mayor. His name is Representative Mike Defensor, and he has taken up the cause for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered Filipinos who want to adopt a child, saying that, indeed, it's perfectly legal for them to do so. So this is a quote. We must stress, and this is a quote from uh, Representative Defensor. Again, he's running for mayor. Um, We must stress that under the law, the right to adopt a child is granted to individuals and not to couples, says Defensor, who is presently the vice chairperson of the House Committee on Welfare of Children. Our adoption law does not discriminate against LGBT individuals who may wish to adopt children who are legally available for adoption, stressed Defensor, who is running for uh, the mayor of a city in May of 2022 um, in the Philippines. Uh, Let's see. Uh, The Solon made clarification to counter the widespread public misconception that that only a heterosexual couple or husband and wife may adopt a child. By this explanation, people in a same-sex relationship also have the right to do the same. We would prefer domestic over foreign adoption to preserve the child's identity and culture here at home, he added. And he explained that under the law, any Filipino citizen at least 25 years old may adopt a child who is legally available for adoption. So there's a whiff of liberalism in the Philippines. Pretty cool there. Just a couple of more things here. Uh, Beijing, where the Olympics are happening, the highly anticipated return of Friends, the show, uh, the sitcom, uh, to Chinese streaming platforms soured very quickly after fans noticed an LGBT plotline was cut from the American sitcom and their complaints were censored as well. China's top platforms started streaming the series on Friday, February the 11th, but the backstory of a lesbian character was noticeably absent from the first season's second episode. Fans flooded social media with complaints about the removal with the top trending hashtag, hashtag friends censored, raking up tens of millions of views on a Twitter-like platform, Weibo. Uh, I compared this episode and found that all the lines referring to Ross's ex-wife, Carol, being a lesbian, were deleted. It's very clearly disjointed, wrote, wrote one user, whose post gained more than 177,000 likes. 
ridiculous. But uh, and then the last thing that I did want to say is that I went to see the um, uh, the Casey Musgraves concert, uh, the first concert I've been to in um, I guess four or five years <laughs> uh, at State Farm Arena, and she took a minute to do a giant shout out for her gay fans, which I'm glad she did, because let me tell you something. I felt like I was in a gay bar while I was in this place. Um, and my partner's a huge uh, Casey Musgraves fan. Me, not so much, but I always love going to a concert. I don't think she's bad at all. There's a couple of songs I really like, um, and I'm about to play for you the one I like the most. Um, but anyway, the name of the tour is uh, Starcrossed. Uh, I think that's the name of her tour. Uh, maybe it's just the name of her album. Anyway, all I know is that the first song, the song she came out to was Starcrossed. And if you've never heard Casey Musgraves before, there's a, she's a beautiful, beautiful vocalist. This particular song I just find extremely powerful. And so as we fade away before we get into our interview, I'm going to play this, but I'm playing the whole thing for you. All right. So we will be right back.
And now a public affairs bulletin board announcement brought to you by your listener-supported and sponsored community radio station, WRFG 89.3 FM, WRFG.org. On Wednesday, February 23rd, the Atlanta North Georgia Labor Council will hold a job fair from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. The location is the IBEW Auditorium at 153 Richardson Street, Southwest, Atlanta, 30312. Metro area employers, union representatives, and community resources will be present to assist you in your job search. Additional information can be found on the Atlanta North Georgia Labor Council Facebook page, including how to pre-register. Please bring your ID to the job fair. Again, the date is Wednesday, February 23rd from 9 a.m. to 3.30 at the IBEW Auditorium, 153 Richardson Street, Southwest, Atlanta, 30312. All right. I don't know if you remember or not, uh, but that is the B-52s Dance This Mess Around, which I love that song. You are listening to WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM on your dial. And this is Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. Although we care about the entire state, we actually care about the entire world. Um, but it's important um, what we're going to talk about on tonight's show is happening in Athens, Georgia. Um, I'm your host, by the way, Greg Boston, and thank you for listening. And I said this before, but I'll say it again. The opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. Uh, so I'm going to start by playing um, a little snippet from a uh, uh, a television report, uh, a TV report that happened on the uh, the news. Uh, this this uh, aired on January the 26th, so we're about three weeks away from this. And this has to do with something that happened at uh, a school, an elementary school in Athens, Georgia. So uh, let me play you this little clip, and then I'll introduce my guest, and we'll start talking about this. And you're going to find this quite shocking if you haven't heard about it already are criticizing how an Athens elementary school removed a student's piece of artwork with a staffer allegedly comparing it to a Nazi flag. Parents at Oglethorpe Elementary reached out to us about all of this and they shared this photo of the artwork showing a rainbow with gay is okay written underneath it. Parents say the teacher was told by administrators to remove the art and when she questioned that decision an administrator allegedly compared the art to hanging a Nazi flag in the classroom. 
Parents say they're concerned about how this and other situations have been handled inside the school. There is ongoing um, complaints about this current administration having um, being discriminatory against women, being discriminatory against LGBTQ people, um, being discriminatory against English language learners or um, emerging bilinguals, emerging multilinguals. Um, and uh, Spanish speakers. So uh, we have seen a pattern of inequity at our school and we have been asking for support for uh, at this point years. Clark County Schools responded to our questions with a statement acknowledging the allegations and condemning the comparison and discrimination in all forms. The district says it's working to address the issue with all the parties involved. Students and teachers are showing their support to the LGBTQ community by wearing rainbow-colored clothes to school all this week. That, to me, is shocking. So, again, uh, we have a student um, putting a flag up that says gay is okay. And it's actually, if you type gay is okay in Google, you'll find it. Um, uh, because you actually can buy T-shirts now that have gay is okay on it, which is kind of cool. Uh, and... Uh, I believe, uh, I'm not sure if the proceeds or not, are going to help uh, Athens Pride. Uh, they are, which is good. I'm getting a nod here from our guest. And our guest is none other than Cameron J. Now, Cameron J. is the president of the board of Athens Pride. Uh, you've been around Athens Pride for a little bit, but you do some other stuff in the community also and just more generally. So I think I'm going to start just by thanking you for coming on the show, Cameron. Uh, and uh, I should say, well, first of all, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And I guess I should say to the listeners, the reason why uh, Cameron is on the show is because the family itself is trying to uh, kind of uh, steer clear of media, and so they've kind of gotten behind. Uh, I think they, I think they reached out to you, Cameron. I'm not sure, but why don't you tell us a little bit about how Athens Pride has become involved with this incident? Well, Greg, from the classic city home of the University of Georgia Bulldogs, it is good to be with you on the show here today. Um, and while many of us here in Athens celebrating that national championship win, there's a lot of people here that are very upset and rightfully so about this incident that occurred at Oglethorpe Avenue Elementary School. Uh, my name is Cameron Jay. I am the president of Athens Pride. And while I do not speak, of course, directly for the family, I can say that our organization is the leading queer uh, resource here in Athens. Clark County has reached out to the student. Uh, that created this artwork. We've reached out to the family. We've reached out even to the teacher who created the safe space for this artwork to exist. And we did that outreach all to provide support and encouragement during this time to connect them with resources that already exist in our community for queer people uh, to make sure that they can get through this time with that much needed support. Um, and finally, we are continuing to rally with our allies and our advocates across the school district who really are standing up here to say we've identified a problem. It's very unfortunate that we know now that it exists. But now that we know it exists, Greg, what can we do about it? What can we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? And perhaps most importantly for the people right now in this moment, what will accountability and transparency look like? So there's a lot of moving parts to this story. Um, and, and I'm really grateful that Athens Pride does exist to be a part of this organization uh, to kind of bridge that gap between, uh, you know, the youth um, and the community resources that we're working very hard to create. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm. I think it's just it, it's heartwarming to see because it sounds like you've gotten a lot of positive feedback and a lot of support from parents. I, I did just have a couple of specific questions about the incident itself. So, help me to understand what this exercise was that resulted in a flag. Were the kids told to make flags that meant anything to them, or what? What, what happened with that? This teacher was a teacher who created a very safe space in her classroom, a safe space for people to be exactly who they are um, and to explore their growth and identity um, into becoming, uh, you know, our future leaders of tomorrow. And she really, really uh, believes in creating that space. It's a fifth grade classroom. These kids getting ready, of course, to go into uh, junior high. What do they call it? Middle school now. Um, And so, you know, uh, the kids were able to draw whatever they want. I think that from what I've gathered, any kind of art would have been welcome in this classroom that was, you know, full of love and acceptance and, you know, was not hate speech. And for anyone that needs to see this photo, you can go to Athens, Georgia Pride on Facebook. Uh, you can see an image of the art piece that the student drew. It was a rainbow with an umbrella with the words, very simple, from the eyes of a child, right? Gay is Okay. I don't hear anything hateful in that. I don't hear anything discriminatory in that. In fact, we both know there's nothing hateful nor discriminatory in that. Um, you know, so um, what we had then happen was another student's parent complained because their child was getting picked on. This is what I understand, because that child wore a hat to school that matched one of the flags that were displayed. Apparently, there were also flags for, you know, the lesbian flag, the gay flag, the progress pride flag, so on and so forth, also present on this teacher's door. Well, this other student wears a hat. It resembles the lesbian flag, goes home and complains to mom and dad about being bullied, and they come back to the school, tell them what's happened, and the school then goes to the classroom And rather than focusing on the art in question, which were the flags right on the door, they choose instead to hone in on the art by this student artist, um, simply saying gay is okay. And we know based on that clip that you played that, you know, they went on to compare this to um, Nazi um, flags. And, uh, you know, it's just really unfortunate. Uh, We know the history there. And I think this was not only shocking to the LGBTQ community here in Athens, but to our Jewish siblings as well. Um, so this has really just been shocking, um, you know, for it to have happened right here in a place that most of us consider to be very progressive, open and accepting. Yeah, Athens is a, Athens is considered it's a pretty liberal, liberal town um, from what I remember. And I've certainly spent some time there over the years, I guess. And maybe asking a question you don't know the answer to, but I, I can't understand how it is that a student complaining about being bullied leads them to take down anything that is suggestive around it that gives any positive messaging around being queer i I can't understand do you know anything about the administrator that made this decision was this a principal or a vice principal who was this what i gather is the principal and vice principal were involved in in you know addressing the artwork itself um and you're right it doesn't make any sense greg it makes no sense whatsoever you know for if, if bullying were happening in that classroom, you would expect an administration to respond directly to the bullying, right? But instead, what we saw was a response to bullying by further marginalizing and bullying LGBTQ students in this school system. And the sad reality about that is, is that all of those children, whether they're out, whether they're, you know, 
coming to terms with their identity, where they're going through the process of self-acceptance and self-love, they're all watching right now. They're all listening, and they're all waiting to see how we as a community and how this administration specifically responds. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a positive thing come out of this. You know, one thing that I've said over and over since this has happened is, though these situations are so terrible, they remind us how much work we still have left to do together. Yes. And, you know, it's funny that you'd say that, Cameron. I interviewed, uh, his name is Jamie Inslee, I believe, and he's actually the past president of Georgia Law Cabin Republicans. All right. So he's a Republican. Oh, wow. I don't have a problem with that at all. But we, ta- <laughs> we, talked, we talked about um, how he can be supportive of, because at that time he was supportive of President Trump, and we ta- he talked about, I talked about how is it that you can be supportive of somebody that, you know, obviously is not, does not have the interest of the gay community first and foremost in their mind. You know, at that point, we were looking at trying to get the, um, uh, you know, equ- uh, equality uh, legislation moved through the Senate. His point in the Congress and his point, he was saying, well, we don't really need that anymore. Like everything is OK now. This doesn't really mm-hmm. there's not really. You know, we're not really getting discriminated against anymore, you know, and it's like this kind of thing reminds us that that absolutely is still necessary. It's amazing. There are people that are in authority um, that are. Let me tell you, Greg, the fight didn't end when we got marriage equality at the Supreme Court level. I think a lot of people saw that as a monumental thing. And of course it was. But we've seen that. You know, those those uh, microaggressions and macroaggressions continuing to occur in other areas of our government and other areas of our communities. Um, and it might not be preventing us from getting married to one another, but we see a don't say gay bill coming out of the state of Florida right now. We see exactly what's happening here in Athens, Clark County, where this is, you know, kind of don't let that happen again. And we're not going to do anything else about it. Perhaps that's what the, what it seems like right now, you know. There are a lot of issues, our trans siblings who are continuously, continuously targeted through policy and through politics across this country. Um, We need to start talking about these things head on. Uh, We need to start talking about people in our community who are further marginalized by race. Uh, We need to continually call out these conversations and recognize that, you know, it's not just one fight. There are many fights going on here collectively together, and we're stronger when we stand together. I know that's so cliche, right? But it, but it is true. Um, you know, there, there might be so many different things about us. We are such a diverse community. I think it's amazing. You know, there are so many different backgrounds, so many different walks of life, so many different stories, all that come together to create this beautiful rainbow that this student artist tried to encapsulate in their artwork, you know. Um, and it's just a shame that there are still people out there um, who don't recognize the strength in that diversity and the beauty in all those colors. Well, you know, and just kind of to piggyback what you said, um, and I, I'm, I'm not sure this just came out, um, I believe it was today, uh, that there's a Senate bill, the state Senate bill uh, 435 that is aiming to bar mm-hmm. transgender students from participating in school sports. And it passed through the state Senate Education and Youth Committee, I believe it was today. Um, so uh this is something uh, that we really need to pay attention to, and most likely it'll be signed into law and then it'll be challenged. But um, hopefully we can get Kemp out of office. But um, back to the uh, this school. So um, 
one thing I did want to point out about the school, I, I'm, I'm gathering that there's a fairly large, uh, is, is there a large bilingual community that goes to this school or um, there seems to be a, a, um, a bilingual or language immersion programs at this elementary school. So I'm not sure if it's in an area or not where there's a lot of. Well, um, you know what? What I think it's reflective of is really just the diversity, right, of our, of our schools here in Clark County. Um, you know, we have um, people who speak more than one language. We have people coming from many different, you know, walks of life, backgrounds, races, religions, um, you know, identities. Um, and we really have to create a safe space for every single one of those to exist in a learning environment in a way that's constructive and respectful of other people. And that's all that anyone's called for here, right? All we called for was for someone's art that was a display of love and respect uh, to be able to be displayed in the classroom uh, or for it to be returned to its rightful place on the wall. I'd love to see that. Um, you know, so, so I think there are a lot of things here at play uh, that we need to keep our eyes on, that's for sure. So do you have any idea what um, – what the school board, uh, where are they on this at this point? I, I know they put out your standard, we're going to investigate it. Has anything happened since then or no? Well, you know, uh, it's interesting. You know how bureaucracy can be. A lot of times these decisions are made uh, out of the public eye, which, of course, does lend itself to the public then questioning the, you know, the motives of the people that are making the decisions. Now, I want to make one thing very clear here, Greg. I have teachers in this school system that have been my friends for years. I have administrators in this school system who are friends of mine. I have members of the school board who are friends of mine. And here's what I know to be true about a majority, if not all, of the people that I personally know, that Clark County School District is a place full of accepting, loving, caring, and truly devoted educators, truly devoted and accepting administrators for the most part truly devoted and committed to change parents in this school district. So I don't want this to be this blanket statement for every, anyone listening to think that we feel that our school system is overarchingly an unwelcoming place. I don't think that's true. But what we have found here is that even in the greatest of places, right, even in the classic city in northeast Georgia where we all you know, think we all get along and everyone's accepted, loved, and diversity is welcome. What we're finding is there's still people in there in these positions of power that can still toe that line, right, of, of, of discrimination and, and of, of hate speech, quite frankly. And so uh, we have to call it for what it is, and we, and we really just have to start a conversation, you know. How do we make sure that our classrooms are trauma-informed? How do we make sure that, that teachers and administrators know the correct way to respond to bullying. Further, how do we make sure that teachers and administrators know how to respond to LGBTQ issues and, and the issues that affect queer students' lives every single day, whether they're in the fifth grade, the fourth grade, or in 12th grade getting ready to go to college, right? There are so many things here that we, that we just have to keep our eyes on, and, and it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids, and that's what I keep telling people over and over again, you know is that this comes down to being about the kids. So we can do all the trainings we want. We can do all the education that we want. And Athens Pride actually stands ready to implement some of those trainings and, and education things. Um, but we have to teach the people that have these, you know, biases to unlearn what they've learned, right, and then to relearn. And we all have to learn, unlearn, and relearn together. 
and that's mm-hmm. what we're doing here as a community right now. And I think I think it's an important conversation, and I'm glad we're having it now, so that next year, three more kids won't experience this, and the next year, more kids won't. You know, we have to identify the problem now so that we can prevent it from happening in the future, while providing support to the people that are dealing with the current situation. Sounds that's uh, well said, and I'm going to introduce you. Um, Again, for those people that are just joining us, uh, we are speaking with Cameron Jay with Athens Pride uh, about an incident I heard that happened uh, at Oglethorpe Elementary in Clark County up in Athens, where a child who had made a, 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 a beautiful uh, picture of, uh, that said uh, gay is okay uh, in a classroom um, was told, well, it was taken down uh, and was compared to a Nazi flag which is quite ridiculous. But anyway, so we'll continue our conversation with, uh, with Cameron in one minute. We will be right back. Monka African Dance Incorporated is hosting auditions during the month of February to recruit talented, one-of-a-kind dancers just like you. These auditions are open to all ages and skill levels. Beginners, non-professionals, and professionals are welcome. The location is Little Five Point Center for Arts and Culture at 1083 Austin Avenue Northeast, Atlanta, Georgia 30307. The dates and times are as follows. African Dance and Tap will be Saturday, February 26th from 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. And Ballet, Modern Dance, and Jazz will be Sunday, February 27th from 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. The website is mangadance.org slash post slash auditions or 404-462-5723. This has been another public service announcement from your community radio station, WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM. The Rialto Center for the Arts at Georgia State presents the Grammy-winning big band Pacific Mambo Orchestra. Dubbed one of the best Latin big bands in the world by Salsa Trips magazine, Pacific Mambo Orchestra performs live at the Rialto Saturday, February 19th at 8 p.m. Pacific Mambo Orchestra has roused jazz festival crowds from Monterey to Monterey, and there will be dancing in the aisles at the Rialto. Ticket information is available at rialto.gsu.edu. That's rialto.gsu.edu. Again, 
I've been playing nothing but B-52s because we are talking about an incident that happened in Athens, Georgia. Uh, You are listening to WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM, uh, streaming at WRFG.org. And uh, we are Atlanta's progressive radio station. And you are listening to Alternative Perspectives. This is Atlanta's only radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting the queer community. I'm your host. Uh, Greg Bossen, and uh, let's get back to our discussion with Cameron at Athens Pride. So, Cameron, before we left for the break, um, you were talking about the idea that there are still many people out there uh, who um, have, uh, I guess, homophobic views about um, uh, queer people, and uh, you were talking about the idea of not only teaching uh, par- uh, teaching uh, teachers uh, how to uh, deal with bullying effectively in school, but also just to kind of unlearn and relearn ideas about uh, what it means to be queer and whether or not that's acceptable. Um, and I guess I guess I want to take your activist hat off just for a second with me. Let's talk for a second about how could we actually change minds when it comes to children, because I already can hear those uh, on the right of the political spectrum saying, and it's already happening, uh, that, you know, don't tell me how to raise my child. And if I think being gay is a sin and you're going to go to hell and I don't want anything, anything, any, anything talked about in the school with it one way or the other, you know, that that's my business. This is my kid, you know, and it's none of the school's business. How, how do we deal with that? <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. Yeah. What in 15 seconds, right? give me 15 seconds. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I, mean, I know you don't, I don't, I know you don't have the answer but I don't it feels like we're in the process of trying to decide what can be what's it what is it okay to say in school and what isn't. You know, this argument's already happening with critical race theory, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing here is that you know, the the narrative often gets hijacked by the extremes, you know. Um, and, and you, for example, the school board here in this situation that we're talking about specifically, I think this is the best example. In their initial response, they said something to the effect of, and this isn't quote for quote here or word for word, however, they said that this was an inappropriate conversation to be having in a fifth grade classroom. Now, I didn't hear anything in those three words, gay is okay, that's inappropriate. You know, I got online and it goes to immediately, oh, my kids shouldn't be hearing about sex in the classroom. Well, you know, when we're talking about gay, we have to remove it from this, you know, stereotypical conversation that everyone always wants to bring up when they're talking about us in a negative light. It's always this focus on the physical, right? So let me tell you, a fifth grader yeah, I mean, is not thinking I'm about I'm gay. That. I'm gay. I haven't had sex in probably a month. <laughs> When's the last time you've had sex, Cameron? <laughs> Oh, well, um, I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that okay, one, right, but, right. um, <laughs> what I, what I will say, you know, is these aren't, 
this isn't the conversation happening in the classroom, right? This is simply a kid expressing themselves. And, and you know, uh, this is an identity. This is not a discussion about anatomy at fifth grade. This is not a discussion about all these different things that, you know, the conservative right hijacks this message and starts talking about. You know, I, I was looking on Facebook today and I saw T-shirts that had, you know, uh, for, for little girls and boys that said, um, you know, this is my girlfriend for a boy or, you know, a boy's T-shirt that said I'm a chick magnet. You know, why do why does our society not question the consistent, consistent pushing of sexuality as it relates to heterosexual couples and heteronormativity? Why are we not questioning how much that is pushed on people and children? Because let me be clear. I was in a very conservative hometown growing up, of course, I'll say that as, as, a, as a disclaimer there, but the only people in my entire school career who I ever heard use their platform, platform in a classroom to talk about anything sexual were straight people, okay? Right, right. You know, it, it, <laughs> it, it's not like, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it, and that's kind of where it's, some of the conversations gone here and I'm just like we have to recenter this away from you know these stereotypical conversations and talk about this is someone's livelihood and let's talk about what that looks like Greg when we look at you know statistics kids that have accepting teachers classrooms and administrators are more likely to attend school they're more likely to make better grades they're more likely to graduate and more likely to go on to a career service or college that they choose. Those are big things. When we're talking about the education of our children, is not their attendance and their performance academically very important to us? And should not the fact that acceptance yields those positive results not be a part of the conversation that we're having in our public school systems right now? You know, everyone wants those things for our kids. Let's talk about the sad reality of what our queer youth faces, right? Over 50% the numbers probably very high, hard to even calculate because of the lack of data at the federal and state levels on this. But over 50% of trans and non-binary youth have seriously considered ending their own life. That's yep. a problem we need to talk about. 71% of LGBTQ youth have said that in the last few months they have experienced discrimination. That could be at home. It's certainly should not be at school, yep, period, yep. period. So the list goes on and on. I mean, we can talk about statistics and numbers all day. The data is there. We have to make sure that we are creating spaces in our schools where every child can thrive regardless of who they love, how they identify, you know, or what drawing they decide is going to go up on the wall. Um, and let's be clear, no one's advocating for hate speech to be put up. No one's advocating for, you know, uh, political discourse to be plastered all over the walls. Who you love is not a political statement, Greg. Yeah, well, We've I heard I, this quote over and over. Yeah. You know? Well, I, 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 I certainly, you know, agree with what you're saying. But I and again, I want to I want to say this, though, because I'm looking at the, a poll that just came out in 2022 and the percentage of Americans who say that they are um, they are satisfied with acceptance of gay and lesbian people around the country 
is 62%. So I guess I, I'm trying to, it's, it's interesting to me because it feels like there's 62%. Is it saying there's 62%? I, I don't know. That's, I thought that they were trying to say how many people were accepting of gay and lesbian people. I mean, I would think, so the, I don't think this statistic flies. Um, they're talking about people that think that we are accepted enough, which is 62%. With that, that's, interesting. Uh, that interest, that's interesting in and of itself. But I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I do agree that uh, in, when you get into these discussions around what happens in the classroom and anything related to children, there's an immediate connection. Anytime you say gay, it turns into sex. And it's like, we're not, talking about sex any more than if we said you were straight that we'd be talking about sex we're we're just simply saying this is part of your identity and it's okay but i think my my guess is that there are those that feel as though is it okay to be gay is that settled you know when we have a religion that's predominant the predominant religion in this country says it's not okay to be gay i mean is that a settled point and if it's not a settled point, then we certainly shouldn't be advocating for it in school. I think that that's somehow that has to be addressed. That um, that's really what we're talking. Because if we ex- if 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 we if we can be on board with the fact that being gay is okay, then certainly teaching it in school should be fine. But um, I mean, shoot, we st- we have people here who don't think it's okay to talk about you know, uh, slavery because, you know, they, they, I remember when I was in school back in the early, um, the late, the middle seventies, um, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about the civil war. We just skipped right over it. We didn't learn it at all. But anyways, so I, I, I guess I'm wondering what is the attitude in Athens and with the parents that you see around, this issue. It sounds like that there is a general understanding it's okay to be gay. I mean, are you encountering anything other than that? Um, I think just like everyone, I could speak to experiences I've had in this city along with every other city, you know, where Mm -hmm. I've not felt safe or welcomed. Again, another testament to the work that we have to do to create safe spaces in every city and in every corner of every city, you know, not just the places that are seen, but the unseen places too. Uh, which can be like we learned in a conference room between a teacher and their administrators here. Um, so, oh goodness, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, you were you were talking, you were saying that yeah, in you do you have experiences where people have been like no, you know, where you felt discriminated yeah, yeah, against. And, I, and we're we're not in an easy place in the country, right? We're in the Bible Belt of the South, and. And I think that to anyone who questions, you know, whether gay is okay from a religious lens, I would just remind them that there is this wonderful thing called the separation of church and state. Um, And so uh, we don't use our classrooms to push religious uh, or political ideology. And I think, again, I'm getting back to the point here, we have to take someone's identity out of the conversation and the lens of only being political and only being religious because it's personal. It's real. It's who they are. You know, so yeah. I hate that we're always relegated to a political conversation, a political pawn, you know, all, all these different things. And, and, and often the scapegoat for other political, you know, discourse that's happening in the country. So, um, yeah, I think I think we've got a lot of work to do. And I think we're not 
fortunate in our geographic location. But again, you know, we've got to we've got to have hard conversations, and we can't just change people's minds on this, Greg. We have to change hearts. This is a yep. heart issue. This is a it heart is. issue. These are things it that is. many people in our, like even my family, they've been taught these things for generations. We have to break those generational teachings. And the only way to do that is by confronting our real history as it relates to race, yes, and also as it relates to queer-informed history, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that, uh, you know, you had mentioned how, uh, you know, we, we need to separate out politics and religion from school. But I think there are those that feel to make the statement that gay is okay as a political statement. You know, that's what's so unfortunate, you know, which I guess, you know, at one time, uh, you know, you probably couldn't say being that black people are equal to white people. That was considered political, you know, and not something that should be taught. And let me make one thing. Let me make one thing clear here. There is because of the conversation centered around our people. It is political. Right. I mean. We have to advocate every single day for our very existence through policy, mm-hmm. through advocacy, through through community outreach and efforts and, and really coming together as one. So, you know, it is political. Um, but that being yep. said, I think I think that our fight for rights is political. I think our existence is not a political statement. It just is. Right. I agree. And um, we are just about out of time there's just one more thing um one thing i wanted to tell uh the uh the listeners is that our boy cameron here has a cat named mildred who i think is absolutely <laughs> i think that's a hilarious name for a cat um but anyway for yeah. those of you that are cat lovers and then just real quickly um i didn't get a chance to do this but just if you could let people know where to go to find out more about athens pride and what you do that would be helpful just as we check out here absolutely you can go to athenspride.org we're on facebook and instagram at athens ga pride um and last but not least on all of those platforms you can find t-shirts on sale featuring the artwork of the students all those funds going to support them anything left over going to support queer organizations near to that student's heart and also we have a call out for queer artists to apply to be our mural artist we are looking to make a permanent home for something similar to the art the student had in mind here, and we're going to collaborate and put them in touch with an artist to make this come to life in our city. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Cameron. That was great. I appreciate all your time and work. Uh, And uh, thanks again. And next up, we have Pete State Festival. Thanks for listening to WRFG. Bye-bye.